Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. This episode is sponsored by Goalie Gummies, a perfect addition to your wellness routine. Are you looking for a delicious way to support your overall health? Goalie ACV gummies are made with vitamin B9 and B12 to help support healthy nutrient metabolism and immune function. I have partnered with Goalie to give all of my listeners 20% off and free shipping. Use my coupon code at checkout, the gratitude chick, all one word, to take advantage of this offer. Their website is www.goli.com. That is www.goli.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest Podcast for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest for TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Manifesting and the Bible. So in today's um, episode, we are going to go into the New Testament and we're going to read from Romans chapter 8. Now, this chapter to me represents sin and love. Not the love of sin, but our sinful natures and God who loves us. That is what this represents to me. And again, I hate to always refer back to David, but this this chapter to me is a reminder of how much God loved David because of how much David praised him. But it just shows God's love towards us as sinful man, how we choose to continue to sin but God still loves us. So even though um, it's not specifically about manifesting, this is more so the topic is about love and how much, no matter what, God loves us. That is what this topic is about today for manifesting in the Bible. So I'm going to start with verse 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, you guys know, um, if you're a Christian and you're listening to this, that when you walk according to the flesh, you are in, you're carnally minded, really is what it means. And um, your flesh is like guiding you. You are putting yourself in situations where you are, you know, having sex to a, a person that's not, that you're not married to. Um, you're, I don't know, I'm trying to think, my mind is hazy right now. Um, you are living with a person that you're not married to. And you're just following after your heart or your flesh. And I'm using quotations because a lot of people feel like it's okay to follow their heart when the Bible tells us that the heart is dis, um is desperately wicked. It is wicked. Wait, the heart is deceitful above all and desperately wicked. That is what the Bible says the heart is. So following your heart is literally following your flesh. 
So verse two, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So what this is saying to me is that what you guys know is the law is the Ten Commandments. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free for the, from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is what? The Ten Commandments, right? Um, that is what the law of sin and death is because once you sin, sin is the transgression of the law. And the the consequence of sin is death. So the law of sin and death is the Ten Commandments, the law. And it says, for the what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son. Now, the reason why it was weak through the flesh is because we are weak. We are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And the entire purpose of Jesus coming to earth was to show us an example of being living a sinless life as a person in the flesh. That was the example. And that is what this is talking about here. Okay. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. And again, you see that in your everyday life, maybe not yours, but people that you know who thinks it's, you know, it's okay to play house and, you know, have um, hubby and wifey and they're not married and, you know, a lot of women give husband attributes to boyfriends. You know, they cook their dinners and wash their clothes and clean their houses when you have no commitment that says that you need to be doing any of this to for this man. Now, again, this is my opinion. You don't have to agree. It's not an argument. It's literally my opinion. Um, so I don't... <laughs> Don't email me about your opinion and how you believe because, to be honest, I don't care. This is my opinion based on me being a Christian and, you know, the word that I'm actually reading right now. Um, Let's see. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, carnally minded, again, we already know, I've been explaining that for the past five verse, verses, we know what carnally minded is. What is it to be spiritually minded? What What do you guys think spiritually minded is? For me, to be spiritually minded is to have the mind of Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. That to me is to be spiritually minded, to keep your mind stayed on God, to keep, to always, you know, pray and have the, the, um, what is it? These fruits of the spirit that you are, you know, always thinking about instead of allowing your mind to just continue to drum up negativity after negativity after negativity, you're thinking of the fruits of the spirit, you know? And I told you guys that we were going to do this year the fruits of the spirit. One of them is love. So today we're doing love. And I literally just reminded myself of that. So don't call me out on it. But that is literally 
what being spiritually minded is. So to be carnally minded to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Enmity against God means you are are his his enemy. You are fighting against God. That is what the carnal mind is. It is the antithesis of God. So to be to have a carnal mind is enmity. You're putting yourself between you and God. You're saying, no thanks, God. That's what you're saying when you're carnally minded. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Are you guys listening? But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of God, he is not his. That's deep. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. That's my affirmations letting me know. It's time to say them. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So a lot of what Paul is, t- is talking about is what really is still going on on earth today. People are carnally minded. We're we're more focused on sex, even um, television. It's all about sex. Why? Because sex sells. So you see that in TV and music and movies everywhere. Sex, 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 sex. And why? It is the devil's purpose to keep you bound. That is what his purpose is. Because he knows he's going to burn. He knows this. But if he doesn't have to burn for your sins... Because he's getting you to get go to hell too, then he's gonna do everything he can. That is his whole purpose, so that he doesn't have to. He misery loves company, right? He wants company as he burns, so he wants you and me to be there with him as he burns. So, just you know, putting that out there. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the spirit, you but if by the spirit. You put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So our goal is to be heirs. We are already sons of God, sons and daughters of God. We are. So that is our goal. But let me keep going because I I have said a lot about don't, 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 don't do this or go to hell. And that, that is not a message that I like to preach. 
For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So this is letting you know that there is still hope. The If the verse, the first verse started up that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But if you are carnally minded, this is what will happen. So our goal is to be spiritually minded, which is why I always tell you to get affirming statements that lift your mind that raise your vibration to always be grateful because the more that you are um you know thinking on these things on the fruits of the spirit on gratitude the more you are getting your mind away from things that are carnal things that do not serve you that is that is the whole purpose Because the creation also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption and to the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So all this is letting us know is that we have hope in the unseen. Why? Because we can't see the inner workings of heaven. We cannot see Jesus, you know, standing before God, you know, as our intercessor. We cannot see those things, but we have faith that those things are happening, which is why we pray in Jesus' name, you know? And this is also telling us um, that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us because a lot of times we don't pray as we should. So the the Holy Spirit makes intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be uttered because he is the spirit. So he we cannot understand what he's saying, but his intercession with us is on our behalf for our souls. Now, he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. And I know you guys in the church have heard that scripture many, many times. And that is, if you didn't know, Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So no matter what is going on in your life, remember that all things work together for your good. Remember that. No matter what you see, it, 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 I think one of the biggest issues with us as fallible man is that we have to see. And that is why Jesus said about Thomas and why he is known as doubting Thomas, because he said he will believe it when he sees it. 
And Jesus said, blessed are those who don't see and still believe. Because we cannot see anything past our reality. We can't. We cannot see what goes on in heaven. We cannot see anything. We don't see Jesus. We don't see God. They have not been on earth that we have seen in thousands of years. So all that we can do is have faith and hope that there is they are up there working on our behalf. And it's not even that's all that we can do. I said the wrong thing. Um, because if you look in your life, you can see the touches. You can see that. It's all over. So you know that God is, is up there working. Jesus is up there working on our behalf. From whom he for, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Sorry. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. And this part right here is my favorite part of this scripture, these next few few verses. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Really, ask yourself that question. Because what comes with God is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the universe. So if God be for you, who is against you? Who can be against you? Not who is against you, who can be against you? And that is that right there stops it all. You have to remind yourself who you are. The the God loves you. And with God comes Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the universe. God loves you. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he, not with him, God and Jesus, also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And and these two verses next are my favorite. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He literally mentioned everything in the universe. There is nothing that has been created or will be created that can ever separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Nothing. And this to me is the basis really of all of of everything of all manifestation of all life because God loves us and he would not hold back not any good thing from us not not one thing because of his love for us 
And that's why there are so many parables in the Bible that shows us fallible men. Like the fact that there are so many stories about David in the Bible and how he fell and fell and fell and fell over and over again. But he is known as the man after God's own heart just simply because of how he praised and loved God. That right there. Even when um, in Psalms, not Psalms, in 1 Samuel 30, when he came back from Gilgal and he, him and his men came back to the city and the women were gone, the children were gone, and they just pillaged the city and, and burned the city and his men wanted to stone him as a result. He didn't even go to the Lord right away and, you know, say, what shall I do? He didn't. The first thing he did was, and the Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And how do you encourage yourself in the Lord? You go through your, your memory and remember all of the ways that God has delivered you. You go through and remember all the ways that God has blessed you. You go through and remember every every piece of happiness, every laughter, every joy, all the peace. You remember all of those things, which is why I say keep a manifestation book. Because it is prudent to be able to go before you even come to the Lord. And the reason why I say before you come to the Lord, because oftentimes when things go awry... We go to the Lord in panic. We go and, 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 and we're just in a, a negative state of mind. But when you encourage yourself in the Lord before you go, it, it raises your vibration to when after you're finished and, and reading back everything the Lord has done for you, you automatically are grateful. You are thankful for, for these things, thankful that he brought you out thankful for all of the blessings right and that is when you go to the lord don't go to him in a panic stop and remember who god is and that is a lesson from david these people wanted to stone him these were his men he they were like brothers to him But because they came back to a burning city, their kids and their wives gone, they wanted to stone David as a result. And before he went to the Lord, the Bible literally says, and the people spake of stoning him, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He went back through his mind to remember the goodness of God. And then he went to the Lord. And then he went to the Lord. So that is to me is, is like, it's so dope. It's so big for me. And this is something that I am trying to emulate. What the, the entire purpose to me of the Bible is to show us God, of course, God's forgiveness, his, his protection, his love towards us, but also to show us that we aren't the only people that have sinned and God has helped. Look at David. Look at Abraham. Look at Isaac and Jacob. Like, look at, look at, um, not Isaac and Jacob, Jacob and Esau. Look at all of these men in the Bible who have made terrible, terrible decisions. And look what happened. But then you also have men like Job. 
we'll get into Job another time because Job is different. So, but that that to me is the entire the entire reason of the Bible to show you the love of God and the people who are not perfect. Their sins, but God still loved them a lot. So I hope that you guys um, get something out of this episode. You know, that's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Romans chapter 8. Because it literally um, just lets me know that there's nothing that can separate God from me. Me from God. But the Bible does say sin separates us from God. Why? Because we know that we've sinned. And once you know that you have sinned against God, you begin that separation. God does not. You do that of your own volition. So this is just to me a reminder of that. Um, Thank you guys so much for tuning in and for listening. I love manifesting in the Bible and I'll try to keep this series going as long as I can. Um, Make sure you guys tune in also um, this Saturday for the end of 2 Samuel and the end of David's story. And I think we're going to go to Solomon's story afterwards. Don't you guys forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest.